0: Hello, and welcome to Ghosting You, Stories That Scare. I will be your host for today's episode, Raging Riker. And our group of ghost town residents.
1: Hey, it's Nightmare Nina.
0: Hey, this is M. Dial M for murder.
2: Hello, it is Horrifying Hannah here.
0: Do you believe in ghosts? Recent surveys have shown that a significant portion of the population believes in ghosts, leading some scholars to conclude that we are witnessing a revival of paranormal beliefs in Western society. A recent poll conducted by Pew Research found that a little more than 50% of Americans believe in ghosts. Of that same group, 43% believe that ghosts are tied to a particular place. 36% say that they have personally felt the presence of a ghost. And digging a little deeper, 18% say that they have personally communicated with a ghost or a spirit of someone who has died. Typically... There are three types of hauntings, people, places, and things. People may be haunted through experiences they have had with family members that have long since passed. Places can carry energy left behind of strong positive or negative experiences and can house the spirits of those with personal connections to the area. Things connect as vessels for spirits. A good example of this would be dolls toys that have consistently been said to house spirits and that have been controlled by them. Considering doll comes from the root word idol, this should not be surprising. In this episode, we will be looking at a haunted place deeply connected to the University of Utah and the state of Utah itself, Red Butte Garden. We were able to interview earlier Sam Loyning, who spent a lot of time there at Red Butte Gardens, and was able to fill the team in with a great deal of information and was able to share with us some experiences that would shake to the core even the most experienced residents of this ghost town.
3: I worked up at Red Butte for uh, quite a while and it's, it's been a big part of my family history, so I've, I have a lot of things to say about it. It's interesting, the, that kind of Red Butte Canyon area, it's got a ton of history. You know, of course, you have, you have thousands of years of, you know, indigenous people living in this area. And then, you know, you've got the pioneers who show up in about 1850 or so. They come to the valley, you know, led by Brigham Young. It's a pretty iconic story. You've probably heard it if you went to school in Utah. Led by Brigham Young, the iconic words, you know, uh, this is the place. You know, he's, he's looking over View Canyon and sort of the surrounding area as he's saying that. Um, But so the pioneers show up, right, and they've been traveling for many months, many cold nights, and as pioneering goes, it's a fairly dangerous profession, so many of them did die along the way, which is unfortunate, of course, but many groups of Mormon pioneers, they, they actually kept the bodies of the deceased with them. Um, there were dedicated wagons for that. They didn't want to bury them along the road in an unmarked grave. Um, they wanted to bring it with to wherever their final area where they settled was. So the Mormons show up in Salt Lake Valley and before you know it, they're burying hundreds and hundreds of dead pioneers right next to the Red Redview Canyon, all along the foothills there. Many of these kind of grave sites and um, graveyards are sort of gone to history at this point, but it's still pretty widely accepted that uh, there was a big body dump up in that area. So because of that, I think, you know, anyone listening can probably assume that there's gonna be some paranormal activity, um, some upset pioneering types, and most of the stories and experiences I've had up at Red Butte have been about um, pioneer era figures that are around the garden um are particularly active in the greenhouses of red butte and i find that interesting like ghosts in a greenhouse but there was an attraction there and that's where the majority of these stories and sightings are that i've seen
4: yeah that's pretty crazy that they all attracted there
3: yeah it's it's strange i don't know if it's just like you know greenhouses are they have a different sort of energy a different kind of vibration than just the outside so maybe there's something there but uh, i didn't know that
0: there were that many that were buried around that specific area i guess that makes a lot of sense
3: considering you know what we have with the red boot area but that's really pretty fascinating yeah yeah and i think i think that explains why so many of the sightings of paranormal activity are like like pioneer aged people in pioneer clothes like that. That's a very consistent theme with everyone that I've talked to and especially the first hand accounts that I've heard. Um, In fact, real quick, I can tell you um, my sister, she worked in the greenhouse at Red Butte for um, three or four years um, while she was going to school up at the U. And she has this famous story that she tells us um, where you know, she's working late, she's, she's there on her own, she's watering plants inside the greenhouse. And she sort of heard like a, a plastic flower pot fall. And she turned around and she saw what she described as like a vaguely detailed apparition. So it wasn't just like a blurry figure. Like she could see, you know, this person's skin and, and beard. Uh, eyebrows, I mean, full hair and clothes. She describes him as like just five foot one, five foot two, just smaller but bulky build. Um, and, and of course, period clothing for the 1850s. Um, but what's so iconic about the story that she tells is uh, when she turned around and she saw this person or this apparition or whatever, um, he just had these like piercing blue eyes. And they, they locked eyes, and it was just this moment of, like, is this real? Is this not? Am I hallucinating? Um, but I am connected to this thing that does not feel like it is part of the world. Um, so she has that moment, and then, you know, she something else happens. She looks away for a second, and as soon as she looks back, the ghost is gone. Um, she never saw him again. She never, like, went after trying to find him again. But it's just such a iconic part of our family history, too, that, that story and growing up knowing that. And then going to work every day there, you know, and just acting casual and not thinking about it. And yeah, but that's, that's definitely kind of the most vivid story that I've heard from a, a firsthand account.
4: Wow, well, that's crazy.
2: I still yeah. think that um, Cottam is floating around there. Do you know a little more about Cottam and if you think he's haunting Redview Garden?
3: Oh, it's very likely. Um, you know, Cottam was one of the founding members of Redview. Um, I think this is in the, the late 70s, early 80s. They started planning out the garden, started construction. And yeah, it's totally possible. He, he would go on walks through the garden all the time, through the university all the time. I think his energy was very connected to that area. So I wouldn't doubt it. Um, There's plenty of old portraits of him up at Red Butte, too. So though any ghost needs a good old portrait to be extra spooky, right?
2: I will have to certainly uh, feature that one painting we have right behind the front desk. Like, Hottam watches over everyone, whether it's, like, through that painting or in spirit.
3: Oh, yeah. And the eyes move, too
2: oh yeah they definitely move i can i can attest to that
0: one (laughs) you know i'm curious about that story you had about your sister which is such an amazing story um and you said that she specifically locked eyes with this pioneer and has she ever said how she felt around him i guess my question is did was she scared was she threatened was it you know peaceful i'm just curious as to you know what what her larger reaction was to seeing a ghost there in the greenhouse and whether that was something that was scary or traumatizing or something that was more uh, benevolent in in nature
3: sure no and that's a great question um my sister is a very open-minded person uh, and an adventurous person. Um, so her first instincts when she when she noticed the, the pioneer and, and locked eyes, it wasn't so much fear as it was curiosity um, and, and sort of this like coming face to face with something that you up until that moment didn't know was real, right? Or was possible. Um, and so it was sort of those types of feelings that were going through her head especially because you know this this pioneer was not threatening she she didn't feel like she was in danger it, again it was more of a, a curiosity and almost you know almost like a greeting right like kind of that unsureness of what you're about to get and, and who you're about to bump into right yeah yeah for sure that that makes sense that's that's really such a, a great story thank you for sharing that's that, that's really fascinating. Right, and, and that whole area, you know, all of these places have the same story as Red Butte. You know, uh, Fort Douglas comes to mind. Fort Douglas actually offers ghost tours. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're doing them right now, but I've had lots of friends, especially living up in the dorms by there, um, lots of friends who did these ghost tours, and uh, they were properly terrified. And, you know, there, there were visceral effects, there were scratches, there was pushing, there was um i I have one friend who says she burst an eardrum in there i I don't know i don't know how that happens but yeah the fort douglas ghost tours they might not be happening right now but that's something to check out if this is something that fascinates you wow that's uh that's amazing it definitely
0: seems like fort douglas is a little bit more malevolent than red Butte, if i understand that correctly that's uh that's pretty scary. I'm not sure if I'd do that. You know, I mean, this stuff interests me, but I'm not sure. I would want to put myself in a position to uh, have those sorts of physical encounters with a ghost and bursting an eardrum. I don't even know. You're right. I don't even know how that would happen. You know, because for, uh, you know, a a museum, they're not known for being loud places. <laughs> so I just, that is interesting. It almost makes you wonder if, you know, if, if there's the military history there could have been Gunshots. I'm I'm not sure, but that's
3: really, really interesting. There. That's uh, that's cool. No, you you touch on a great point. That's the exact theory. That that's that's what she thinks. At least, you know, talking with her is that some spirit or some energy that was in that space had actually suffered that injury, and it was so traumatic for them that that is the the part of their spirit or their energy or whatever you want to call it that is stuck in that place um and and you know the, the person who this happened to she she told me you know just everyone on those tours is open to a different kind of experience she wanted the most extreme uh, she went in thinking i i want you know i want the highest level of ghost activity as possible and right you got, it. She got it. You know, that's a
0: great theory. And, you know, I wasn't even pushing it that far. But, you know, you're right. You know, maybe one of the spirits there wanted to uh, share that experience with her or that that ailment. That's, uh, That's really pretty interesting. And it's also interesting to see how in these areas, these different areas around, you know, you have a lot of areas that are said to be haunted or have some kind of energy there. You know, some of these areas seem pretty mild in that activity and then some seem to be a bit more severe and also how people are open or not open to it can also affect you know with the kind of experiences you're going to have
3: yeah yeah no it's it's interesting and you know I, i'm someone who likes to look at things critically i mean i don't want to just jump on the ghost train and be like okay i'm in you know i buy into it it's like i, I want to look at things and think how how could this happen is there an explanation and um in a lot of cases there is in some cases there's not that's the experience that i've had um the eardrum thing is crazy but you have to ask yourself too what is the power of the brain when you're in a situation like that right like you're in a dark basement of an old military fortress you know with all of this history and all of these stories like what tricks is your brain playing on you that could be leading to um everything from just basic hallucinations or or seeing things to to full-on pain. Um, And of course, I'm not talking down on anyone who's had these experiences and has been affected physically, but I'm just saying, you know, we, we know that there is this placebo effect that the brain has where you might feel things that aren't necessarily happening just because, you know, the mindset you're in.
0: As with any ghost story, the first question we need to ask ourselves is, was this proof of a supernatural or paranormal encounter, or is there a more rational explanation?
4: Do you think that there are still like uh bodies buried kind of like up on the like the Red Butte Trail and all that?
3: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure.
4: Oh, well, I was just gonna ask, like, if you know if like if you've experienced like uh like any hikers or bikers if they've like uh, have seen any of the pioneers or anything?
3: Mm. Um, the, the only stories I've heard of people actually hiking up in that area, it's less visual and it's a lot more auditory. So I've, I've heard more than one story about, um, people hearing conversations happening, you know, with nobody nearby, um, you know, the classic hearing kids on those trails, hearing footsteps, um, there was even there was a volunteer at Redview who talked about like hearing a, a horse-drawn carriage through that area, and of course, there's no there's no carriages that come up there.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, so yeah, it, it's been a lot of auditory kind of experiences and stories that
4: I've heard. Yeah. For, and from working at Redview, have have any of your other coworkers have they had a similar experience to that of your sister or? Are their experiences more auditory, too?
3: Yeah, th- there's been a couple of things that have happened. Nothing as vivid as what my sister had told me. Um, you know, no full-on detailed sightings, but a lot of mischievous behavior. And I, I think Hannah can probably speak to this, too. But just, like, things moving around during the night, things moving around during the day, I mean, doors opening and closing, um... I worked in IT and there were strange things that would happen where things would get unplugged or like certain printers and computers would go haywire in certain areas. Like there's all kinds of this sort of like mischievous energy is what it feels like to me. Um, You know, you can call that what you will. It could just be circumstance, but it seems like a whole lot of things happening in in a very small area.
2: I think something to mention too is um, as a front desk staff, we work really late or we used to up until like 11 p.m. and there would be maybe two of us there and we'd have to go around and lock all the doors at night. And we would go through this one building, uh, the orangery, which um, is completely empty. And you would just feel like something was watching you or you would walk down like this dark hallway at night and you would just know something was there. And you hear I would the closest experience I've had to anything like that is I would hear rattling or banging and nothing more than that. I know that doors in there open all the time, like we're certain we lock it and then they open back up again. And obviously, it's easy to pass it as wind, but it seems to occur way more than just the wind happening to blow the door open. So it's super creepy. It's set up. um, I know people have had like wind chimes fall down during shifts, like just all these different things where um, I know your sister probably had one of the most visual experiences, but it's more of a feeling for sure
3: yeah yeah and for anyone out there who's like interested in in or that hasn't been to red butte i should say uh just go up there with an open mind and you'll feel it like if you if you were there on your own and you're just sort of observing and and walking through like you would any other museum or or public garden uh you'll you'll feel that energy you'll feel that sort of mm, looking over your shoulder more than you were before you walked in kind of energy um And of course, uh, you know, it's a beautiful place as well, so you could enjoy the flowers and rivers.
2: I think that this is, um, we're doing areas surrounding the campus too, but it's also another good reason to get people to go up there. I think the majority of people who listen to this will be students and Red Butte Garden is something a lot of University of Utah students don't know is aware um, to them for free. So this is a slight promotion for the good old garden.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and and totally unrelated, I think they're even doing some kind of, like, October, Halloween-type themed event this month.
2: Definitely. There's lots of... They just finished decorating, so there's lots of skeletons. So if anyone gets a chance to go up to Red View, it would certainly set the theme for everything we're talking about.
0: (laughs) You know, I've got to say, when you're describing those feelings of you know going through and locking the doors at night and you know being alone i that sounds pretty creepy i uh am not sure i'd i'd want to do that especially in a place that i know is uh, considered to be uh haunted but uh you no, that's really fascinating and i think you bring up a, a good point as well about how a lot of times in these areas it's not so much about seeing something or even hearing something but there is a feeling you get and you can tell when you go to a place a certain energy it has And, you know, it is, I've had it myself, where you go somewhere, you can just feel like there's something else there. You can't see it, you can't hear it, but you know it's there. And I think a lot of these haunted areas, whether you want to call that or not, it's separate energy, whatever it is, especially these historical areas, that there is a certain level of energy there that is separate from what you're used to. And I think that it's really pretty fascinating. I just want to say, wow! I really had no idea all the stuffs going on
3: there. This was fascinating for me to hear about. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great area. You know, just for the the history behind it. But um, as we touched on, the hiking, the mountain biking. I mean, it's beautiful and it's it's dramatic with this history. So it really has a lot going for it. Highly recommend getting up there, especially while the weather is still good. Um, just anything from the, the Hobel Zoo, Emigration Canyon, all the way through Red Butte Canyon, and even further south, City Creek Canyon. Um, all, all of those areas are, are super nice, and um, who knows, maybe you'll, you'll bump into something spooky.
0: As someone who has lived his whole life in Utah, and as someone with pioneer ancestry, this struck me quite profoundly. The journey that the Mormon pioneers faced traveling west was arduous and uh, treacherous, and was faced with many hardships and death. And so, it is no surprise to me to hear that many of these pioneers may still be spending time around these areas. Nina, one of our ghost town residents, did quite a bit of research into the pioneer history of Utah, and was able to share some of her findings with Emily in this interview.
4: What kind of history have you learned about the pioneers coming? Because I know Sam talked a lot about how the pioneers established Salt Lake City and what they did with those who um, weren't able to make it to form a city.
1: Yeah, so um, around the mid-1940s, thousands, they said estimated about 70,000 of the Latter-day Saints members they marched from the Midwest to what is now... Uh, known as Salt Lake City. They came to this new place because of the backlash that they faced in the Midwest because of their religion. Um, And then ever since they came to Utah, they spread themselves out throughout the valley and settled in different places like, for example, like Redview Garden. So they basically established tight-knit communities around um, the valley. And because of their dedication, to come to Utah it is now a state with a very uh, rich history
4: yeah I'm gonna be honest I didn't really know how much history was kind of involved in you know the state of Utah like I kind of like um kind of went over my head about like all the pioneers coming I think that's kind of something I've forgotten just with kind of how modernized Salt Lake is starting to become that it's easy to kind of like let the history fall in the cracks, but kind of once you're more aware of what what the history of Utah is, whether that's with the, the ODS church or just like the pioneers coming and establishing it, I've kind of like realized how rich Salt Lake is in history and especially with the university of being one of the oldest uh, universities, kind of w- what, west of the Mississippi. That's crazy, I didn't know about that.
1: Yeah definitely very uh very insane to hear about but yeah like even today um Utah every year Utah has um the Pioneer Day celebration but so basically just celebrate um what the early settlers did to find Utah which is I think is
4: pretty cool. I didn't really know what Pioneer Day was or like mm-hmm. I personally didn't take it uh really seriously did and what its purpose was but you know after kind of being here and learning more about it it's kind of. I think it's cool how the state recognizes it as a holiday to kind of pay tribute to those who um, lost their lives on the way out here. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very Utah holiday for sure, where people are just kind of light up fireworks, <laughs> have a good time with their families, really. But yeah, That's yeah, definitely, it's a it's a good celebration though.
4: Yeah. uh, Do you have any more facts about, like, uh, pioneer history and them coming over? Or any kind of related places where pioneers have kind of settled that potentially could be haunted?
1: Yeah, so um, for my research, it says that the Lion House, which is um, in Salt Lake, is a historic house where Brigham Young um, first Lived with this family, and it's said to be haunted by like sh- shadowy figures wandering the halls, which I think is pretty scary. Um, but there's also a church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in clarkston Utah, and it's said to be haunted by a ghost who plays the organ when no one's around, and also like by this elderly woman. Um, and there are also several places in the valley, like the this is the place Heritage Park. Um, where it's haunted by, it's said to be haunted by pioneers wearing, wearing uh, just like pioneer pioneers and then pioneer children as well. And um, there's also a mansion in the valley as well, and it was built by one of the members who first settled here, and it's said to be haunted by like two ghosts. And lastly, there's also the rescue garden, of, of course, because um, it was a location where settlers. Um, lived, so it is said to be haunted.
0: Whenever we are dealing with areas riddled with paranormal activity, the question must be asked, what has caused these ghostly visitors to reside there? Was there an experience, perhaps a grisly death, or simply an energy or a desire to want to stay? We may never know in some cases, and in other cases we may very well know but it is always fascinating to think about what draws these spirits here and why they choose to interact with us in such a visceral manner on certain occasions. We will be delving more into this subject in our next episode, but it is still something to consider even when talking about more benevolent areas such as Red Butte Garden. Thank you very much for joining us on this ghastly journey as... The Ghosting You team will invite you to listen to more stories that scare. We heard just a taste about Fort Douglas today, and in the next episode, you will get your fill as we listen to more of the terror that resides within Fort Douglas. Thank you very much for listening, and as always, listeners beware, you are in for a scare.